Hi, I'm Caleb Price, and you're listening to Relatable Thoughts. Did you know that what goes on in your mind is the reason for everything you experience in life? For your anxiety, for the money you make, your major, your relationships, reaching your goals, even the feelings you feel. So why is no one talking about it? As a college student, a Latter-day Saint, and a certified life coach, I'm speaking up and talking about our thoughts and teaching you how to manage your mind. Because the secret is, you aren't alone in what you think. Your thoughts are totally relatable. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 57 of Relatable Thoughts. And today I have a great episode. I'm going back to getting some interviews out there that I've been recording with some wonderful people. And let me tell you, these things are raw. <laughs> There's a lot that we cover, and it's long, I'll tell you that much, but it doesn't have to mean anything. Honestly, I think it means that it's even better because you're getting so much content and really diving into the minds of what it is to be a young adult in our world today, what it means to navigate life with the brains that we have, which apply to each and every one of us, and to get insight from another person and how can we apply this to your life. So I hope you can get insight because today on the podcast, I have a good friend. Well, I call him a good friend. I haven't actually really met him. He was on my mission. His name is JD. I knew him as Anciano Grover because I served my mission in Italy and that's what we called ourselves. We called ourselves old men. Anciano means old men. <laughs> it's really funny. Don't get it. But I just knew him always as this hard worker um, and this guy that was dedicated. I know he's into psychology. He has had his own podcast. It's called The Polarized Truth. You can learn more about it um, in the show notes. I'll tag it in. But really, this episode, we talk about anxiety, what it means, what it does to a person, and how we make it mean something against us, and how effectively it's our way of trying to play God, quote unquote, to control things around us and to, I guess, get so caught up in our minds. One thing that I will say is that in life coaching, I love the idea of introspection and really diving down and as if it's unraveling a ball of string, basically clearing up, untangling those headphone cords, basically in your mind, smoothing things out, getting rid of, you know, some of that negativity, that darkness and allowing for positivity. But it does come at a caution, I would say, because sometimes we spend so much time in our brains that we can get caught in it. We can get trapped in it. We can think that this is all it is. And we're just thinking all these thoughts and we're so focused on it that I love JD's point of just pulling out of it, really getting out of that headspace and recognizing that there's more to life. Life is going on around us, basically. So sometimes, depending on where you are at, anxiety, you can help it by diving in and figuring out what's in there and getting rid of shame. Sometimes it's about getting out of it, basically. And that is what I'm teaching. So I have a webinar that probably just happened last night, actually. So, But if you want that video recording, that video course, basically, with a free worksheet that'll teach you how to stop blaming or shaming your anxiety, pull you out of your head, basically, and see what is going on here, what are the thoughts, what are the facts, and really break up with it, to redefine yourself without anxiety, to redefine your life in a way that is in your control and the, where anxiety becomes more of something that is just an emotion that's there rather than your entire life. Whether it's something as crippling as what we're going to be talking about today um, and you might even need to seek out more help, I can help with that. I can help you identify that. But most of you, it, anxiety is probably that smaller, something that you wish 
was just not there, basically. It's this big, kind of this general buzz about your life that is making things just a tad bit harder. And it's because you're resistant to it. You're resisting the idea that you shouldn't either have anxiety or resisting the fact that you feel like you should be a better person or that means that something's wrong with you. My friends, nothing has gone wrong with you. And I can help explain it to you. I can help coach you through these things. This is what I do. So sign up for your free coaching session today or sign up for those free um, worksheets and video instructions, which I will include in the links and the bios and all the things basically. But really just take a listen to this episode and really see how you fit into it, how you recognize that you are not wrong for the experience you have in life. Honestly, whatever happens to you or whatever you choose to create is all your stepping stone to the great potential that is inside of you, basically. It doesn't mean anything against you or your worth. You are an amazing person and have so much to give. And I am so excited to have JD be vulnerable and share his story and how he has this path and discovery journey of self-acceptance and growth and growing past something um, as trying for him as his depression and anxiety. So take it away. Well, um, welcome to the podcast, um, JD. You can introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, so my name is uh, JD. Basically, I've done some podcasts in the past. I did a dating podcast like a year ago, kind of during quarantine, um, end of 2020, and then beginning of 2021. Uh, then my host, who is like kind of the main guy as far as dating goes, moved um, mm-hmm. back east. And so I was kind of left alone and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really go on enough dates anymore to like talk about it. So I kind of <laughs> stopped, but I love podcasts um, and I'm like, I'm grateful to be on uh, real quick. I do want to shout out Harrison Fuller. I was listening to his episode just oh, barely before this. And honestly, I was like, yeah, I don't know how open I need, I'm going to be. And then I heard his, I'm like, okay, I have like, I have no excuse to, to not like answer questions as clearly and honestly as I can so I love it that's awesome I I mean I love that episode that was a great episode to do and that's like kind of what my goal is and with these interviews so I don't really I, I JD he was on my mission basically um I knew him as Anciano Grover but actually I never really knew him we never really met but um I don't know I just always in the mission story I was like this guy is like a hard worker like this guy knows but I never got to actually meet him so I like this opportunity and I really enjoyed um his podcast um what was it the the polarized truth mm-hmm. yeah That's so I it. listened to a couple episodes and I was like oh this is pretty good stuff in here like I need some you know I also need dating advice so I mean like and I mean you're doing um you know your stuff on Instagram with uh the fitness stuff as well kind of like mm-hmm. just um, talking about your fitness journey and stuff and that's something that I'm always interested in so really I was just like hey like, I got to get you on the podcast, got to get you on and like, and just have a conversation. So today, um, we wanted to basically just kind of come out swinging and talking about something that affects probably a lot of us in small ways, but probably also in big ways, um, and ways that it's kind of even crippling, because we're talking about anxiety. Um, So what I want to start out with is asking, I want to ask you, um, as I ask everybody, like, what is the thing that has impacted you the most, either in this context, or we can go anywhere, basically, um, that you think, like, everyone should know that, like, would change their life? Um, 
That's a good one. I thought about this before, but now they said I have like 10 things coming to mind. Well, let's go through them all. I think the main one I learned more recently. Um, and basically I was like in a, in a group therapy session with half the people were like, were homeless. And so I can get into like why, why I was in that. I was a participant, so I wasn't like moderating um, mm-hmm. the, the meeting, but basically the therapist who was agnostic, actually, he's, he like stopped everyone um, who was like, ta- they were all talking about their problems um, and how they struggle with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he said, you know, I've realized like something in my time as a therapist is that for whatever reason, us as humans have this like instinct to try to play God. And what that, what he meant by that is like, we try to control outcomes that we can't, and we have a hard time accepting that we can't. And that's when we're like the most unhappy or we suffer the most. So yeah, the therapist mentioned that. And I don't know, it's just like stuck with me. Like I really forget that because in the, at the moment I needed it, but even now that I, you know, I'm not in the place I was then, like, I still think about it all the time. Um, and how just accepting that like makes life so much more simple. Yeah. I really like that. Honestly, it's kind of mind blowing because I think when you say it in kind of those terms, like we like to play God, we like to play the controller of everything. You're like, Oh shoot. Like just this big, like eye opening, like, Oh my gosh, I do do that a lot. And recognizing how, I don't know, kind of how futile that is just Mm -hmm. in the world that in which we live, like, we yeah get in this mindset of like we think we can control the outcomes so that it's like always in our favor so we you know we create plans and we're like you know all these like order basically out of the chaos of our world which i think is a great effort but i think it's then when we start to let it like mean something about us when things start going wrong or when things like aren't going according to our plan or they're out of our control and we're like, well, they should be in our control or we should be doing better than this or like clearly I'm doing something wrong if I can't have these things going the way that I want. When in reality, it's like, yes, we own up to, I believe like everything that's like, you know, comes into our head and like what we decide to make of it, you know, and how we, the actions that we have. But you know, at the same time, we also own up to how we react to the things around us. And it doesn't have to mean anything about like my self-worth, or it doesn't have to mean anything about like who I am as a person. My identity is not in the things that I do or quote unquote, like the things that happen to me, but it's, the th- it's what I make of it, or it's what I decide to be, I guess. I'm trying to think of where to keep going with this. So <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. It's a good point. Um, and I think there were two aspects that hit me just based on like my um, perception of like God and what, you know, that entails philosophically. Um, and I, I realized like there are two characteristics of like God for me, even not specifically to like my God, just any God that I, I view um, is they're all knowing and all powerful, which means they can control, like that's literally what power is, right? Like control, you can control outcome, whether you believe like your God does that or not, it's different. Um, and I think like the hardest thing is understanding and like appreciating that you don't know everything. 
and that you can't control the outcome of like everything you can influence but like you just humans were just more incompetent than we like to think we are <laughs> um and if you think about it as far as the knowledge and under or uh the knowledge and control like no one likes control freak no one likes a smart alex so like why the heck would you want to be both you know and that's like what you become when you're seeking it and that creates just a lot of problems so um yeah, that's how I would add on to what you're saying. Yeah, I, I like this idea of like no one likes that anyway, yet we all internally are kind of turning into that person because like we think that's what we want or we think that's going to get us to I don't, the state of happiness or relaxation, relief. Um, when in reality, it's just it's this idea of accepting the world. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people might feel a lot of anxiety about their past or about the future, especially two things which one already happened or two has not yet happened two things we literally cannot control i like this idea of influence or how we can perceive it but not making it um a big deal or a problem when it doesn't go the way that we originally intended and just being like i guess this mindset of like well it's going the way that it was supposed to we're not all powerful we're not all knowing for sure not but we're learning and if we turn it into a game of learning rather than a game of like, oh, shoot, I should have known better then, then I think the um, it turns more into like a, a mindset of growth, which is a lot more um, enlightening and at least for me, more like invigorating and like, okay, I feel better. Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree with everything you said. Sweet. Okay. So um, what in like, I guess your background or like life story like what would you have to add add on to anxiety or just like some other like i don't know interesting life lessons that stand out in your life because i don't know i think personally human beings are fascinating and they have i've just been in this mindset of like everyone is so different and unique and has like unique and different experiences to share and i don't know i don't hear enough about it so yeah i I always feel like I can't like learn enough about people. Um, it's even harder for me to accept. Like I will never learn about myself. Uh, that's something I've, I've tried to control like a lot. So I guess like to give a preface is I'm studying clinical psychology um, with the intention of like getting like a PhD. So it's like this big thing. Um, so I have a lot of, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do it. Um, and so that's important to know as I kind of like backtrack to like where anxiety starts like really playing a role in my life or where it like it noticeably did. Mm -hmm. um, so this is why I'm thanking Harrison because like he was very open about things he struggled with. And I, I'm hoping like this will help, you know, other people as well, because it would have helped me um, back in the day or like a couple months ago. Um, so basically like a year ago maybe i i noticed i had some anxiety that's actually why i started studying like the heck out of dating because mm. i was like hey this is like something i'm anxious about and so i want to like understand it and then you know like i guess like understanding like how dating kind of works i felt like it would help me like it's like coping it's like a coping mechanism mm -hmm. um and so I realized I was going on dates, not, not really for like validation. Like I know it was a big problem. It was more like, oh, I'm going to go on a date to like face this fear of being like one-on-one -on -one with a girl or like anxiety just crashes down on like everyone, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like self-doubt. So I felt like I I'd kind of like gotten to the point where I didn't get 
you know, extremely nervous or my, my, my threshold of like nervousness had, had shrunk. So it wouldn't hit the peak it had, um, earlier. And so moving forward, let's say that's like January, um, of, of last year of 2021, I was like, okay, but I noticed like I was having like up and downs with kind of like my anxiety along with potential like depression. Mm-hmm, yeah. And <laughs> I'd, I'd been taking Adderall um, for like a year. I was like prescribed. And so I thought I had diagnosed like ADHD, it like inattentive. Um, <laughs> and then I asked like the, the like company I was, I was doing it through. I said, Hey, like, can I see a psychiatrist? Um, I, I think I want to just get like an official diagnosis of, of other things as well. Right. And so I, I get ready to get on this video call with a psychiatrist and the guy who prescribed me the medication comes up on, on this video call. And I'm like, this guy's a PA, like he's, he's not a psychiatrist. So basically he like can prescribe, but he can't officially diagnose. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think maybe I want to try like this type of medication <laughs> you know, here are my symptoms. He's like, so which one do you want specifically? I was like, give it to you. I'm like, that is not, this is not how it should work. I think it's the problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to diagnose myself. Like I'm literally a sophomore, like I'm doing right. GEs right now. And so after that, I was like, Hey, I like need to meet with a psychiatrist to understand kind of like the anxiety I'm feeling and like these ups and downs. Um, and so I, I scheduled an appointment for January of this year, 2022. Mm-hmm. And then in like October, I just noticed like my anxiety was just getting so bad. Um, it was like that voice, you know, that voice in your head that kind of like nibbles at you and gives mm-hmm. you some like constructive um, advice on, or like it criticizes everything you're doing and you just can't like get it out. It, it wasn't like a whisper. It was like a, like literally like a yell. <laughs> And if, if it was like a, a legal, like lawsuit or court case of like my advocate versus, you know, this, this condescending voice, condescending voice was just dist- like winning 100% verdict would have been like my, myself, um, that's fine voice. So anyways, October hits and like, I hit an extreme high with my anxiety and then an extreme low with, I'd say like my emotional health. Mm-hmm. and the anxiety was just like pressing on me and, and with my like understanding of like clinical psychology that I do have or like my nerdiness on it I was kind of like researching different things but you, you can't self-diagnose like that's just impossible um it's called like cognitive illusions where you like it's kind of like a visual illusion you, you just can't see everything you need to for like for yourself specifically right um and so end of October I like was just super depressed like overwhelmed and nothing was like, nothing had happened. It wasn't like I could identify like a trigger. And that's what was frustrating me. Um, where in the past I'd had similar things, but I could identify in my mind, like a clear trigger. Mm-hmm. And then after I was depressed, like November comes and then I'm just like peaking, just like super enthusiastic, like super confident. I'm like, I'm going to build this gym app. Um, I'm going to start this like gym page on like weight loss. Like gyms are scary and just motivate people. like get on mm-hmm. the strain of weight loss I'd been on. And my sister texted me <laughs> maybe because like, she's just like, yeah, you shouldn't be this confident. It's like kind of weird at this point. Cause like nothing could defeat me. Like literally I was like, Oh, I see a cute girl. I'm just going to approach her, like ask her, get her number. 
Um, even if she might be with her boyfriend, like, I don't even know. And I don't care. I'll just like, see what happens. Supreme confidence. I like that, <laughs> but it's called ignorance. It's not even confidence. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I got a text from her and she's like, I think you should see if you have like depression um, and like maybe like bipolar two, mm. which basically means like you have hypomanic episodes, but not hypermanic. So hypermanic is more extreme. It's like a shift in kind of like your personality, whereas hypomanic is let's say your enthusiasm and like confidence and self like grandeur, like self um, esteem gets maybe to like a six or seven for like four days at least. And it can last like a month. And then like hypermanic with like bipolar one is like a nine or 10. Like you're, you literally think you're like the president of the United States. You can like conquer the world. Wow. Um, and so I was kind of battling with that. And then I was talking to like my therapist. I'm like, this is giving me a crazy amount of anxiety. Cause like, I can't meet with a psychiatrist till January. I don't want, like I, when I'm socializing, I just like feel like void. I'm like vacant. Like, it's like, there's nothing there. And that was giving me anxiety um, because of my ADHD. I have like hypervigilant, hypervigilance. I get like overstimulated. Um, it's hard to explain when you're overstimulated, like your mind blanks. So in social situations, I like literally had nothing to say. It felt like mm -hmm. um, it's like your mouth is like bound. Um, and so she told me like, you know what, if you're dipping again with like your anxiety and you're like depression and you're having like this, these intrusive, this intrusive voice, like you need to uh, just like check yourself in because I, the, the last low you had was actually like not normal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, like I'm fine. Like I'm studying clinical psychology. My job is to like fix people like this or like help them or diagnose. Like this isn't my, this isn't like my thing. And that gave me anxiety as well. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to like be a professional like who's gonna want to like be friends with someone with this so I kind of like pushed it under the rug as far as like what I thought I might have mm -hmm. and basically all came crashing down um like New Year's and this was because of my anxiety I think um social anxiety which I've been like now diagnosed with so I can like say it mm -hmm. and like feel confident um it was New Year's Eve and I was going through like kind of a, a low point it wasn't extreme low, but it was low. And then New Year's Eve hits and it's like, okay, do I go to parties and then just like feel like crap when I get home and just be like, oh yeah, like I did this wrong or, you know, I messed up or I should have said this um, or should I stay home and then feel like a loser and then get anxious about how like I'll never be able to like have, be social or like build friendships really. Um and so I just got like to the point where I was like, I don't know what will happen like tomorrow, like on New Year's Day after all this is said and done. So I actually checked myself into like inpatient care um, in her mountain hospital. So they had a social worker meet with me and go through like my symptoms um, and then say like, yeah, like you have to stay the night. And once, once you pass or not pass, I guess like fail the test or pass the test for like reach like a certain threshold of like, yeah. Of, of like depression anxiety I guess they actually like have to do it because you you are, they are now liable for you like legally um and I was like hyped because one of the reasons I did it was so I could see a psychiatrist that like gave me hope because there's like 
on-site psychiatrist, right? You're like, finally, I can do yeah. this. I'm like, like, screw this, all this other stuff. And like waiting. Um, because in the past, even like I had a therapist for like seven months and I told him, I was like, Hey man, like, I think I have like depression and anxiety. He's like, Oh yeah. Like I wrote that down in my notes, like the second meeting. I'm like, you didn't tell me, like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, Oh, I guess I forgot. I'm like, you forgot. Like, what, how does that work? <laughs> like, that's like, I feel like that's like the first thing. You oh yeah. I'm like, people. So basically I could have been coping and like understanding this. And then I had to freaking self-diagnose and like tell you, and then you're like, Oh yeah, like you're right. I already knew this. Um, it's anyways, that's like a different story. So I, I just wanted like the confidence of saying, okay, here's like a clear cut thing you have and struggle with, and maybe will struggle with. And that way I could have like a framework to build my life around as far as like how I wanted to approach my life and create like a stable environment for myself and stable, stable relationships. Um, that wouldn't like provoke anxiety. I mean, if it did, I could understand the correct way for me to respond. Mm -hmm. And so I get checked in and the psychiatrist was sick for three oh, no. days. And so I actually had to stay in there for three days, even though I was ready to go after a day. Um, mm -hmm. And you think you have anxiety until you are in an inpatient center on new year's day, watching fireworks from a tinted window in a hospital robe with no underwear on because they take your pants away and you've just coughed naked in a shower to like oh, no. a bunch of workers that make you squat down and get a fetal position to make sure you don't have drugs uh -huh. um and then they tell you like oh yeah the psychiatrist who is the only person who can clear you is actually sick and not going to be here like till we don't know when so we just brought you in and now you are stuck here yeah and then they take away the clock so you literally don't even know what time it is either wow really yeah, you can't sleep because there's like a hospital bed you're on. They shine a light on your face like every several hours during the night. And like, you can't not be showing your face. So like really? you literally, you literally don't sleep. It's like, I've watched like those prison shows, like the, the uh, like 60 days in or something. It's like, yeah. and that was like, I was like, this is worse, dude. Like at least they get like a lot of food there. They can like buy snacks. Like I literally <laughs> can't buy snacks in here. I'm just like getting oatmeal every day for breakfast. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so leaving there, I was finally like diagnosed by a psychiatrist and like that just changed a lot for me. Um, mm -hmm. It helped me understand kind of like the, the reason I had anxiety and like it wasn't my fault. Um, it was just something that was like going on, like my brain malfunctioned. Um, and after like leaving, I was actually able to research it more and like apparently bipolar two has a 60 percent comorbidity with like ADHD mm. um, and then ADHD has an extremely high comorbidity with anxiety and or depression um, the, the ideology of it's kind of uncertain like but it could be the cause of just like having these social interactions where like you can't express yourself or you stutter or interesting yeah you get in trouble so that's kind of like my experience with anxiety and how it's affected me um, but but just like I guess like sharing that with someone, like it's good to get help and it's good to be aware of it. Um, but don't ever self-diagnose yourself. That's one thing like I would never encourage because you could be wrong. Um, and you're also like invalidating the people who actually have like persistent anxiety that like, it's not like, Oh yeah, this cute girl's talking to me. It's like they're literally in bed doing nothing and they like can't sleep because they're just like anxious about something. They like don't even know that they're anxious right. about. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, uh, my, my, what's the word I'm looking for? 
my recount of anxiety for me so far. Yeah. Wow. I, first off, thank you for sharing that. I, I know that can, you know, probably be like a lot, but I just, how meaningful that is alone to me, if no one else, but I imagine there's a lot of people who can relate to that kind of experience, at least on a small level. And I think it was it's amazing for me and like, kind of like, I'm just like empathizing for you. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been in some of those circumstances, but also I haven't like in, in terms of like going to the hospital and stuff like that. And like, and like, but I've, I've experienced first off the struggle of like waiting to meet with someone. That's when I first got introduced to this idea of like, cause I was at this point where I was like, I feel like I need to self-diagnose, but like you said, like, you can't just do that. Cause like your brains, you can't just diagnose your brain when your brain is the one doing the diagnosing and, and anxiety like you need stability and it's like your self-diagnosis will never be like conclusive in your mind so no. they just have anxiety about having anxiety yeah, it's just like anxiety <laughs> piling up and you're just like oh is this right is this right i don't know i don't know anymore and you're just like it's it's a whole mess and so first off totally agree with that and and then also recognizing that like um it's totally normal and okay to have these kinds of experiences like, like, I mean, obviously we don't want to push ourselves to this sort of point. And obviously we need to, you know, like we should seek out help, especially when it comes to these like more serious points, like not thinking to do it all on our own. I feel like that's like a really big thing that I've had to go through is like, oh, like I can just fix this myself, basically. Even if like, you know, you are stuck waiting for someone, I just decided, you know what, like I'm going to seek help somewhere else. And so that's why I chose like to meet with a life coach and like that changed my life entirely. Like just that one meeting. And I can imagine for you finally meeting with the, you know, a psychiatrist that changed your trajectory, like probably forever. Cause now you have a diagnosis. Now you have more awareness and you have the clarity from another human being that like, Hey, this is what's going on. And you're like, Oh, finally, like, Oh yeah. And, and like, now I'm, I have like the correct medication. So like, I feel like I wake up and like, Oh yeah. Like, I feel like normal today, you know, I, I still have like ups and downs, but it's not as drastic as they used to be. Um, right. I, I first think that story was crazy where like, he's like trying to prescribe you and you did like, I don't know, like, that's just a, a whole rant that I could go on. But like this idea that like, you know, we think that it's like, of course, medication is so helpful, but we can't just throw it as mm -hmm. if it's like a, a, an end all be all like there's so much more tools that we can use and it has to also be done correctly like you said like oh yeah i mean sorry to interrupt but that's know, that's kind ahead. of what like i think started the spiral is i was prescribed adderall um which was okay like i'm still prescribed adderall i've like tweaked it a little bit with my current psychiatrist um but basically what the adderall would do is it's like an upper right so or stimulant so like it basically mm -hmm. helps with the release of dopamine um, because ADHD isn't really even like a learning disorder, it's like a legitimate cognitive disorder. Like, oh, really? Almost like your whole frontal lobe is just like different. Um, even with like brain activity and, and things, you know, like the firing of like neurotransmitters and, and the release of dopamine specifically. So, what would happen is like I'd be depressed, I'd take an Adderall to do like my schoolwork because I just like really struggled with focusing or like doing it well. But the problem is there's a payoff because when the dope or when the Adderall would wear off, it actually drops, like it's, you have a come off. So like you dip a little bit for like 15 minutes or like 30 minutes. And then you kind of bounce back up to like a stable level, like emotionally, just cause that dope means like being regulated again. Um, it's not 
I guess, being released through the Adderall. Um, but what that would do to me is like, I'm like, oh, I feel kind of normal again. Then like would wear off. And then I'm like, holy cow, like life sucks. Like I'm, I just want to be on it like all the time. Um, whereas if I was like correctly medicated with, you know, like the other medication I needed for like bipolar two, then the Adderall wouldn't have had that effect. So basically it was like this complex created by, you know, do I not take my Adderall and then struggle in school, which makes me more anxious or do I take the Adderall, which when it comes off, makes me like more depressed. Right. This whole battle that was created just because you didn't have all the right pieces when it came to medication. Yeah. And like, literally I did actually know more, like, I'm not trying to like brag or anything. This isn't for that reason, but it's like, I knew more about like my medication even and how it was affecting me or like which medication I needed to be on based on my symptoms and like the guy prescribing me my medicine. And I, like, right. I didn't know that I wasn't informed of it. So this could, this problem probably could have been prevented. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the experience I had with like ADHD and that's mental, you know, like health and stuff. And then anxiety was a huge factor as, as far as both go. Yeah. It's sort of like, just like layer that's just on top of everything as if like, you know, like you already have this, you know, thing that you're dealing with, which is like, you know, diagnosis with ADHD or then like, or like bouts of depression and whatnot. And then it's just like, well, I don't want to feel this way. It's like this resistance that's natural to all these things that were like, life shouldn't be this way. Again, kind of like, I guess going back to what you were saying, like kind of like things being out of control, like you have no control. I mean, like eventually like you found that and, you know, actually changing the medication or like seeking the help that you did, but like, um, at least just, I don't mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth basically, but it just seems like at least for me, from what I can tell is like, it's just this idea of like wanting to control things so that they're like better or as if like life shouldn't be going this way that it is, what am I doing wrong basically? Yeah. And it's like, if it goes wrong, it's my fault, right? Like, right. It's not like, oh, it just didn't work out and that's it. Like that, you know, if I get like a bad grade or worse grade than I wanted on assignments, it's like, oh, did I give it all I had? Yeah. Is that going to like destroy my academic progress? Like, no, no, <laughs> and I can't really control the grade because it's already passed. So all I can do is try to like, like I said, like influence myself enough to maybe study harder, do whatever, but not have my efforts be dependent on outcome. Right. And then like, and then have it affect your mental health as a result mm-hmm. of all of that, basically. And then- yeah, everything like relation, right. Mental health relationships, um, even you know, like my weight loss and stuff, I became like stagnant. Like I, I wasn't like gaining weight or whatever, but that was like the one thing that I maintained enthusiasm about like the, for like a year, year and a half straight. Mm-hmm. And that's actually like when I noticed uh, that's when I was like, I need to like fix this because I would go to the gym where like, you're supposed to have um, like the releases of hormones that like literally make you happy. Right. You end it and you're like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. And then I'm walking out there like, I feel nothing. So it's like, Hey, something, my brain is like not right because my workouts didn't change. My life is all like pretty similar, but I'm still like feeling worse. But the problem with that is then I started feeling anxious. Cause I'm like, right. I need to fix this. How do I fix this? How do I control it? I can't control it. So I, that caused me to like kind of freak out. Yeah. Um, and I think a big problem with that as well is like, you look at kind of like the climate of like society right now and like I guess our country Mm -hmm. and there's so many people with like anxiety um 
and like depression and it's because we're just like frequently like comparing yeah and that comparison i think in, induces like anxiety naturally and so the problem is though when you're feeling anxious and depressed like you feel isolated and so then it's like oh i want to make sure i'm engaging with people so then i go on social media and literally like it wouldn't be anything i cared about but like there was something weird about just like seeing all these people just like doing stuff and knowing that I just did not feel capable of doing even those like minuscule things like, Oh, I'm reading this good book. I'm like, I literally can't read a book right now because I can't pay attention. I'm not on my Adderall. Like, mm-hmm, right. I don't know what to do. And then I'm like, I'm an idiot. I literally can't read, you know? And then all this, it's just like really funny how, how good we are to being self-destructive sometimes. Right. <laughs> Entirely self-destructive, which is crazy because like, I don't know, like it's our, it's all coming from our brain. The thing that's like trying to keep us alive basically yet at the same time, we, we can, we really can catch ourselves in these self-destructive loops. I think, like you said, I like this point about making it like where we're noticing that in society, we have these concentrated influences that like concentrated connection with social media or just like concentrated awareness of like how people are talking about anxiety, increasing depression, increasing, and, and just the awareness of that makes everyone wonder in themselves like oh my gosh like is this a problem for me which the question alone begs anxiety basically because you start thinking something's wrong with you which like this idea of questioning ourselves of questioning ourselves when it comes to comparing and seeing maybe we should be doing that or saying like how why can't i be like this person or i like what you said like i can't even read basically which like you had a perfectly normal reason for that. You like, you know, being off of medication yet the brain was just like, come on, like, what are you doing? Like, well, it's like, yeah, you'll read it and not remember it anyways. Where in reality, I'd still achieve more like reading it than not reading it. Even if I remembered like two words, that's still right. two words I know more than I did previously. Um, and kind of to build off your point um, of like the whole comparison and how um, it kind of like meshes together with these different factors um of the way society kind of functions is so we compare ourselves against people who i think seem like to have more um like status than us more confidence um more muscle you know whatever it is yeah and in reality it's like don't spend i think you should not spend time trying to understand what people think of you because I really don't think most people know what they think of themselves and so you're just everything gets like messed up when you don't take that approach because then you you want to be understood but like no one will understand you because they're so busy trying to understand themselves like why the heck would they care to understand you which can help you with anxiety right because then you're like okay people aren't like really caring about what I'm doing um Right. maybe I should humble myself actually and think, you know what, like, I'm not actually that cool. Like I'm pretty average, <laughs> but that's like good because then I don't hold myself to this standard. And actually I think accepting that your average helps you in a lot of areas with anxiety um, because average is a mean, right? It's an, like average is literally the word used for mean. Yeah. So it doesn't, I don't want to use it. It doesn't mean it doesn't imply there. We go. <laughs> I don't want to feel like doing all this wordplay. It doesn't, like signify that you aren't good in certain areas. It just means like it balances out. Like you're a balanced person, just specific areas you're good at. Um, other areas you're not, and like that's okay. Um, yeah. And maybe just try to identify those areas where you're like 
not the best at, but you're, you feel like confident doing and good doing. And then you start building off that. And then anxiety, I think the levels start like going down. And I think you can kind of like manage it a little right. bit more. At least that's what, what I've, you know, tried to do, including the like medication that's been important for me. Um, but I actually don't have medication for anxiety right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like these things I'm saying or what I'm using right now. And it's, they've been really helping me, um, without any medication, like affecting my anxiety. Wow. Yeah. I think that's amazing. First off, I love this idea with the mean, like it just means you're a balanced person, which I think we're all trying to strive for basically. And honestly, we're going to probably find a lot more peace with that. But second, I like this idea of like you recognizing that it's, it's just these, it's filling yourself up with these kinds of thoughts that are going to calm the anxiety basically, because like, and also recognizing the presences that are giving you anxiety because of what you're probably thinking in those kinds of circumstances. Like, you know, if right, if right now, like for anyone listening, like you, you know, when you are on social media and you're like, start feeling kind of that anxiety or you start thinking about something, well, maybe pull yourself out of that a little bit and figure out like, what is the meaning that you're trying to attach yourself? And I love what you said, where you're like, you know, people are probably so focused on, you know, putting themselves out there. They're not really thinking about themselves. Like, why don't we all try and do a little introspection, see what's going on with ourselves. And then we can be ready to actually connect, put ourselves out there and then, and then find that confidence that you're looking for. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, utterly amazing, but you know, like just a nice sense of contentment where we recognize like, Hey, I'm a good person. Like I'm a son or daughter of God. Like I have this, like, or just like whatever you believe, basically, like you are a human being with normal feelings, normal highs and lows, basically. And even if you don't think they're normal, like it's okay that they're happening to you because there's help out there. And really overall that like your entire experience is created by what you're thinking. And so if you aren't aware of what's going on inside of you and you're so focused on everything outside of you that you're trying to control, well, then that's the mess that we're creating. That's the anxiety, basically. I was trying to control when in reality, we should be trying to control what's going on inside and recognizing where where are these disconnects? Where, where am I like putting worth and meaning on things that in the end are not going to bring me the peace that I'm looking for? Yeah. I'm actually going to disagree with something. Oh, please do. <laughs> and then you can disagree with me if it's wrong. Cause I don't, this is like a subjective, this is like philosophy essentially. So this isn't really like, this is some psychology and some philosophy, but honestly, for me, at least, I guess I actually don't think introspection ever helps me or trying to control what's going on internally because like I said like as as humans like our brain controls us more than we control our brain naturally um doesn't mean we can't you know do so but it doesn't happen in a matter of like seconds it takes like a whole life um and even in our whole life like people don't find pure balance that's just not something that people really ever accomplish Maslow would call it like self-actualization he's a Mm-hmm. psychoanalyst um and even he believed like it's very hard to reach and if you do reach it, it's just him like seeing people that he thinks reached it so you don't even know if they reached it they could just be really good at bullcrapping or like be a psychopath who's good at acting um so yeah i do think it is important to kind of like examine where you're at but i think over introspecting at least for me it actually caused more problems because that's what i was so stuck in i was stuck in like myself and then if you start looking outward, that's when you start noticing, like, no one really gives a crap about me in a good way. Like, if I say a stupid comment in class, no one's going to walk out of the class and be like, what the heck was he saying? 
going to say, oh, freak, I just got a text from like my friend that I need to respond to. That's it. Um, just like little nuanced, you know, situations like that, I would get stuck on. Um, and do you care to keep the secular? Can because I go into like a religious aspect? That's really what I yeah, learned. That's okay. in impatient. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I went in impatient um, was because I was alone for like three days. My roommates were all gone because it was Christmas break. Right. <laughs> I think I left to go to the gym and like grab groceries. But besides that, I like did not leave my house. Like I, I just like completely isolated because I, I felt so anxious, like literally just walking outside of my house. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to minimize like triggers or whatever. But then you actually get more triggered because you're just alone. <laughs> um, and you don't yeah. connect with anyone. So mm-hmm. I read a scripture. It's in like ether where it says, you know, I give men weakness so they can humble themselves. And I read that and I was like, you know what? Like, this is definitely a weakness, I think. And so the best way to humble myself is to follow the advice of like someone who knows more than I do. You know, even if I think I know all this stuff about like psychology and whatnot. And that's more why I like called my sister and said, Hey, I need to go to like inpatient right now. Mm-hmm. And after they, she took me, like, I got checked in as I said, um, okay, I'll explain the process. Actually. You need, you like need to understand the process, okay. like explain understand. Process. So you go in there cause you're like anxious, right? Like that was one of my main reasons. Mm-hmm. They don't let you walk in. You like have to be on this like rusty wheelchair. No when you go in so it's like already you just feel like so weird like you go in you have they've completely disrobed you so you're just in like the gap the hospital gown um they take any clothes away that have like laces and i don't know like i just realized this when i was getting checked in but like literally every single one of my pants has laces so like i had no pants to wear um and then they check you in and like i said earlier you have to go in the shower they strip you naked you have to like there's like two workers like hey cough and they just like put their hands below your butt. It's like super intrusive, like su- yeah. super embarrassing. And so I was, I was kind of like laughing. I'm like, Hey God, like this, is this, you know, me being humbled right now? Cause this is like the last thing I wanted <laughs> is to be like, you know, treated like this. Cause that's just not what I imagine. I imagine like a bougie, like place where they're like, Oh, like super mm-hmm. nice to you. you, care know? Of you and- yeah. Like nurturing, which is what I felt like I needed, but that's like not the case. You're kind of like actually on your own. And then you have people just like watching you um, and you know, they're watching you, which actually like can give you more anxiety. Um, anyway, so the first night my mind was just like racing. And like I said, it was like new year's. So it was hard to not think like, am I literally this big of like a, a freaking loser? Like I'm like freaking out about not going to a party or going to a party. Like how, how like privileged am I? And that's what I'm saying. Those are like the thoughts that cause anxiety, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I've been through all these things um, in my life or like my family traumas or any of that. It was just in this moment, like, why am I like this? And so I, I stepped in the shower and I was, you know, had like the warm water running on me because that's the only way I realized maybe I could like calm down. And I was thinking like, what's like one thing I like cannot overthink right now? And I started like, I started literally overthinking, not overthinking. And I got stuck in that loop you're talking about. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Like I'm, they say like the song, like peace in Christ came to my mind, which I hate, I hate that song. So like, that was God humbling me again. Like literally the only thing I could think about was the song I hate. <laughs> like everyone literally always played on my mission. Um, so I'm sitting there like, dude, what the heck? Like, why is this song in my mind? And then I realized like, oh, you know, like, maybe that's kind of like my answer. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I saw an angel, like it was very like nonchalant. Um, and I just started saying like, every time my mind would wander, I just say like, Jesus Christ, like Jesus Christ. And I would just say his name. Cause like, I would, I realized I would even start overthinking, just like thinking about like, you know, what I believe in and like, why do I believe in it? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that like really helped me. Um, and then I went to bed and like I said, they're, they're shining this like freaking LED flashlight on your face, like every three hours and it's a hospital bed. Um, and they basically give you like a rag as a blanket and it's like freezing and you're just in a hospital gown. It's like, we're, like I would have just preferred to just go camping and like be in nature and just figure my crap out there. Um, but it is what it is. And all these like scriptures were coming to mind which is weird because usually experiences come to mind because of my like adhd i just have a really hard time like remembering specific scriptures mm-hmm. um i remember things by chapters not by like independent verses in in the scriptures um and like the scripture that like kept coming to mind and was uh it's like the wise man built his house upon a rock um and then like the one who built his his house on the sand like it washed away mm-hmm I was just like, holy crap, like, I've literally been studying, like, all of this stuff, like, I thought I understood, um, you know, anxiety specifically, and, like, depression, like, so well, just because I had studied it so much, I read so many, like, brains, like, fMRI, like, brain scan studies, article journals, I read books about it, um, and I was like, that stuff is so, like, what's the word I'm looking for, is it volatile, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, like, the world, the truth in the world, is always like changing so for example like if i don't like maybe that's not a good example so think of like something you know people like do today right um Mm -hmm. an example that was used you know by like someone in the facility when i was talking about it was like 200 years ago it was like completely acceptable to have slaves right Right. And, and like they, some people didn't even bat nice, just like whatever, you know, but it was like terrible to like not be religious, you know? And then now it's like, obviously slaves are terrible. Like I, I completely agree with that. And I'm grateful we don't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, you know, it's, you're not religious. It's kind of whatever, you know, and that's, I don't care about that necessarily either. It's like people can do what they want, but it just shows how there can be these huge like rifts and like shifts in how we view like good and bad um and like truth so objective truth doesn't like really exist very much and i guess like the whole sand thing just made so much sense to me like in that moment i was like everything i'm anxious about and everything i've been focusing on can just change any moment and that's why like i am i think i've been like feeling so anxious specifically um this isn't like including like the depression this is like specific to anxiety mm-hmm because everything I find contradicts itself. Like the more you study something um, in psychology or even like almost, almost like science, like soft sciences, like psychology, it's like you find out there's always a counter argument to everything. And if you're already counter arguing yourself, like you counter argue everything else, at least I do. Right. And so I couldn't find like something to put my feet on to just like, or to sink my feet into, I guess, to kind of like ground myself. And that's why I was like going to and fro, just like trying to find something, um, whether it was, like working out or like, you know, new friendships. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy crap, like it's so simple. And I just haven't seen it. 
Um, so like, all I need to do is like, focus on, I need to find a rock. And for me, that, that did become like, you know, Jesus Christ. And then there was like another, another thing that I realized that came to mind for me, this is like the last part, um, is I had such a hard time, like relating to Jesus Christ. It's really interesting. Cause I like believed in him. I served a mission. I like taught people about him and I never did believe in it. Like I'd always believe and it, it's been challenged like a thousand times to me. And I've like, it always just holds through for me personally. Um, and I've had experiences where like, I know he's there, but they always talk about like this relationship you need to have. And I've always thought, how can I like ground myself on like someone I like do not understand? Mm, yeah. Like how I can't do that with like anyone. I can't do that with myself right now. That's why I can't like find, you know, stability. Um, and then I realized like I did, I don't need to understand something or someone to accept it. Um, and that was me playing God. Like I literally thought I had to have all the knowledge right. in the world to like accept that or accept anything, like accept myself, except if I was right or wrong about like my strengths and weaknesses. And if I, sh- you know, the goals I had were good goals, stuff like that. And I just realized like, if, if we can all just learn to seek more to accept ourselves, it's called like the holistic approach, mm-hmm. um, rather than try to understand ourselves, then we are much more happy because as you accept yourself, you'll actually start to like understand yourself naturally. Yeah. Um, and I think that like understanding yourself to accept yourself is that same dichotomy or process that we were talking about earlier where you have this complex where you're trying to control something. You're like trying to control the way you need to accept yourself when you don't need to. And you like, shouldn't like, there's a reason as humans, we cannot completely understand ourselves. I'm like convinced of that. And we like, there's a reason the brain, which is the most utilized part of our body, which is like when the brain shuts down, we die. Yeah. Um, and we literally don't understand like much about the brain, which shows we're literally not going to understand ourselves completely, like no matter what we try to do. Um, and so I, I just think the first step to, you know, like not overcoming anxiety, but just like living with it even is like accepting that it's there and that's it. Like, okay. Like you've accepted it, whatever, like who cares if you're feeling anxious, you don't need to sit and dwell on it be like, Oh, sick. Yeah. I'm feeling anxious right now. You know, how am I going to, am I going to react or am I going to like, you know, keep following the things I want to do and like accomplish my goals and allow myself to feel that while doing those things. Yeah. Sorry. That wow. was a really long spiel. No, 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 no. I am smiling right now. Cause that was epic. And I'm so glad you disagreed. Cause I totally resonate with what you just said about this idea of overall, just acceptance, like acceptance in the face of like, not even understanding completely acceptance. Like, cause I guess I really just kind of clicked in my mind, this idea of like, anxiety kind of comes sometimes from this idea of wanting to reason, wanting to control, wanting to give understanding. And sometimes, and I think a lot of us could use a good deal of just, this is the way that it is. Okay. So what? Like, I'm going to accept it. Like, I'm going to accept where I'm at right now. I'm going to accept the condition that I'm in. Like, it's okay. Like, I don't, nothing has to, I'm just, I'm blown away by that. That was wonderful. And, and thank you again for sharing. Um, 
it's been a pleasure to have you on and I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot about anxiety. I think we just had this whole big journey together a little bit, and I'm grateful that you were able to be vulnerable and share. Is there anything that, you know, final thoughts to wrap things up or anything left to say to the listener who is on this whole journey with us as well? Anything to say? Man. Um, if, if you are kind of going through like the self-doubt or anxiety, like don't, don't even think about how, like, I guess don't compare yourself to like what we've realized and saying you're upset you haven't realized this or like, I don't know. For me, it's, I, I hate seeing that someone's understood something that I'm going through that I didn't understand. And then that would cause a problem for me. So I think if you're going through these things, like the main thing is just accept how you are. And if you stop introspecting, look around you, you'll actually find that people around you that have the same weaknesses as you are accomplishing a lot by just accepting themselves. It's not like that there's this huge discrepancy between like you and other people. It's really just like, as you come to terms of accepting yourself naturally, your life will just start putting yourself in order. And then you can actually receive the help you need. Um, I'd also encourage therapy for people who do have it. Um, that could just be a money grab because I'm, I'm going into therapy. It could be a therapist. So, <laughs> but we, but there are people who need it. And yeah, so... this could be self-promotion, but I promise this is not <laughs> a financial um, objective. Anyways, that's really the big thing. It's like, if you learn anything from this, just accept whatever you're going through. Don't compare what, you know, like we've talked about, we went through things we've learned, like literally just focus on accepting the consequence of whatever happens the consequence of what will happen from you accepting yourself, accept that and accept you don't know what the freak it will be. And you literally will never know what it will be. Even when it happens, you might not know what it is. And that doesn't matter. Or that does matter that you understand that nothing really matters <laughs> as much as you think it does. Boom. Period. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, find you, is there like, I don't know, would you like them to know your Instagram? If not, then we don't have to say this, but. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you my address if you, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a little private. Um, yeah. They can find me on Instagram. It's J E R R Y D E E underscore I I I. So Jerry D underscore I I I. Or you can find me on TikTok. Oh, which boy. Is Jerry D like D E E. So Jerry D underscore just the number three. Sweet. Yeah. I'll, I'll put these in the show notes so you guys can just link to it. Um, and so it'll make it easier, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for letting me just literally give you a sermon and talk to you for the last hour. Like I thought it was sick. It's helped me honestly, just like dumping Good. stuff on you. So. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, if I'm going to add anything to it, it's, I love just getting things out, getting things out always helps at least a little bit. So thank you for doing that and being a good example. Thanks. I want to thank Harrison Fuller again, though, because I probably wouldn't have opened up this much if I hadn't listened to that episode. Because um, I have, I haven't really told anyone or very many people about the whole shenanigans um, mm -hmm. that happened at the end of last year. So just remember, like, if your year's sucking, it's okay if it is. But I literally started my year in a hospital in a gown with no underwear on, with no idea knowing what time it was when I woke up on the first day of the year. So things are always getting, things can always get better for you guys because they've gone better for me, even if I started my year like that. Well, I think so. that'll end it. So thank you again. Boom. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to personally see how what I talk about can change your life forever, sign up for your free coaching call today. This week's episode was sponsored by Jill Ostergaard for her five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you like this podcast and you want your own shout-out, go leave your five-star review today. And special shout-out to JD for sharing himself on this podcast. Thank you again and to everyone. Keep it spicy.